Oh, welcome back, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. So you're uh, pretty in the mood for that story, huh? That off to war was uh, quite interesting. I never really guessed that Opus character was gonna make such a big splash, but hey, that's good. Well, you're probably thinking it's time to get to that next part, but uh, I think Wing Overhead is a little something different. Why don't you go check him out? I am Wing Over, super famous bard. Wing for Gimbal, Wing for Gimbal, pay me gold. Oh, travelers, welcome. I was just trying out my latest song. It's called I am Wing Over Gimbal, famous known bard. So we got a lot of things to cover today, travelers. Probably, let's see, we got, got a little bit of fan mail, we got a, a battle bards people, and uh, looking over this, I got another announcement. Uh, Alright, so there's a lot of stuff going on, travelers, but like, just stick with me here. So, first off, we have our people from battle bards, you'll remember, here is Innocent Timothy, and... Where is Murderous Anthony? Timothy, have you seen him? No. Uh, that was creepy. Timothy, did you do something to murderous Anthony? <laughs> oh, shoot. Alright, well, um, travelers, that is something I have to bring up with the guards later. Timothy, you go nowhere. You make sure to make those battle bards sounds and wonderful effects that you too could grab from battlebards.com using the promotion code BALLAD7DICE for 15% off. Oh, that was a mouthful. Um, well, I'm kind of freaked out, but the show must go on. The next thing is a piece of fan mail here. Let's see. It's an audio adventure. The sound effects, the voices, the speed, the tone. It's like a little audio movie every time. If you want some adventure, then this is your place to get it. That is from Dead Toothbrush. Oh, I didn't know they were alive. I have to be more appreciative to mine then. And a uh, last little, well, I guess we got two bits more. I know travelers, there's a lot. Don't worry, I'm getting through it. There is another bardic group I want you all to check out. They are known as the Four Orbs. You can find these wonderful wily folks at thefourorbs.org and any other podcast apps. What does that even mean? Sorry, travelers. But yes, you should check them out in their wonderful world of Asus if you're in the mood for some high fantasy fun, excellent bardic work. Maybe even some Keth Protects and all that good jazz. The last bit of news I have for you is we have a Patreon. Now this is basically a thing where you can go in and you, you toss some gold coins my way. It's like my bardic tip jar. And I'll throw some things out there for you. Some little bit of lore and info and maybe some even few special tales. One of the fun things we'll have there is we actually have audio journals from different players in there, so they'll be recording their thoughts and feelings of what's been going on, and we'll put them out with each new main tale from the storyline. So go to 
patreon.com slash ballad7dice to go check us out and maybe throw a little bit of gold in there for old wing over, eh? Wink wink. So where do we last leave off? Oh yes. So the party went off on their sweet road trip with Opus, and now that Kelsar got left behind, you're thinking, what the frick happened to Kelsar? Well, good news is, today I will tell you such a tale. So, let us tell you the tale of Kelsar of the Silver Shield. Hi, my name is Brent. I am playing Kelsar, level 4 Tiefling Paladin. So, Kelsar, where we last left off, you had just woken up in the morning and Bordon had actually mm -hmm. explained to you his vision, the dream he had where he met his god. You all woke up, you were discussing this, you were realizing the gravity of the situation. How dangerous all this was that the gods themselves were barely holding the wall of keeping these evils out from this world when suddenly there was a knock on the door opening up the door there was noir and she pokes her head in the shadows enveloping her as per usual and you hear her say hey, hey kelsar uh, uh we need you to come, come over, over here, here real, real quick. quick don't, don't worry guys, guys. he'll meet up with up you soon, soon. Uh, yeah sure uh, no problem so she leads you out and closes the door behind uh, so this, this is some is pretty, pretty serious, serious stuff. stuff. There's, There's two, two people here to see you. you. Um, they, they said, said they're from, from the Order of the, Order of the Silver, Silver Shield. Shield. This mean anything to you? Yeah, that... That's impossible. I'm, I'm sure everyone was killed during the attack. One's, One's a, a real, real big, big guy. guy. He's, He's like, like six and a half, half feet tall. tall. And the other one? Oh, <laughs> I mean, you, you gotta, gotta see, see her to believe it. This can't be... Here, come on, they're just in Astoria's office. All right, let's go. So you guys walk down the hallway, and there's a lot of people running back and forth. Today seems actually a little bit busier than you thought it would be. It seems everybody's getting ready for this mission that you're all about to head out on. And she leads you through the normal hallway, and you get up to Astoria's office, where there's the plaque there with her name spelled into it. And she quickly knocks on the door, and you hear, Oh, come in, come in and cracks open the door. Inside, you see Dan Bright, this large mountain of a man. He has a number of scars on his face from when you'd last seen him and he was bashing his face into the door, trying to get into Yagditha's room. Dan, what What the hell are you doing here? Well, Kelsar, it was one hell of a battle, and I managed to get out of there with barely my life intact. Same with Chenille. She's alive as well. Where is she? She's over in Waterdeep. She's with a friend of ours, a, a dwarf named Borodin. Borodin? Yeah. Uh, he's a older dwarf. He's got these golden arms. Yeah, but... It's crazy. That's that's Borodin's dad. Bord... Is that his son that he's looking for? Yeah. Well, I'll be. This whole world is just a big small town, huh? No kidding, or just insane luck. But, Dan, how, like, how did you... How did you survive Matthew's attack? Well, Matthew started going... Crazy on everyone. Just started slashing, killing at random. I just started coming to when all this was happening. 
I grabbed onto Chenille. Some healing apparently was done to me. That's how I managed to survive. And then uh, I looked over and I saw that everybody else was getting slaughtered. I grabbed Chenille. We ran out of there. I could hear a few of the others trying to fight against him. It was... There was no winning. I didn't know it was called Matthews at the time. I just... I knew it had Estra's body. And it... It wreaked havoc before her body fell apart. It seems that, uh, they're only as strong as the host. So, her body was already damaged. She was already weakened. So she couldn't hold this Matthews inside of her and just collapsed. How many... It's actually, uh, thanks to my friend over here that I managed to survive. And you look over in the corner, there is this close to seven foot tall wolf woman. She looks like a werewolf, but more humanoid, right? Still the wolf head, but not the crazy jacked up body. She's wearing this dark leather jacket. She has shades on and these cargo pants and these big military boots. And then she just nods to you and you actually recognize her. You can't place the name at this moment. But you recognize that she was a member of the Silver Shield. She was one of the ones that often went out to different worlds to go collect others or complete a really dangerous mission. It's nice to meet you. I'm Kalsar. Thank you for your assistance. The name's Diarna. Okay. Yeah, she's not much of a talker. That's okay. I can understand. Kalsar, the reason I'm here, I mean, we didn't even know you were alive, honestly. But when we found out, I made sure that I can get here as soon as I could. Well, I mean, I shouldn't be alive, but, I mean, you know, here we are. Your chest was ripped open. I saw your arm ripped off. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm very aware that my chest was ripped open. Thank you. That that was very unpleasant. Thing is, your body, it, it melted away almost immediately when you died. Yeah. There was just a skeleton left, and I I thought it was that thing that did it, but... I know, I, I was there. I was there. It was... I don't really need to relive, relive that experience, thank you. I I, uh, I know what happened after. Um, I, mean, I, I survived because of this mark on my hand. Here's the thing. You got Yegditha in your head, don't you? How did you know that? Yegditha's gone. Not there anymore. And Kelsar... You were raised to be the vessel. You were always raised to have Yagditha in you. That was... Hell, that was the whole point we brought you to this order. Wait a minute. Um... <laughs> uh, okay, wow, um... This... This whole time... I was just meant to be a vessel? It, it's... It's complicated. You needed to be strong... Yeah, you're, you're damn right it's complicated. I, I'm... I was just raised to be a vessel, like just that's the reason why you took me in. It wasn't because of my skill or anything. It was just because I was a, a vessel. Well, no, you were good. You were damn good. But at the same time, we had to raise you so that not only was your body strong enough, but your mind. Kelsar, you're sharing a body with a god. Any other person, their mind would have been destroyed. Yeah. But you were born so that your mind could coexist. Okay. 
is a lot to take in. So... But you're not invincible, Kelsar. Your brain can only take so much godliness. I'm very aware of that. And I'm very aware that I'm not invincible after facing Matthews twice and failing. You faced him again? Yes. Oh my god. So that thing's here then? Running around? Yes. Murdering people left and right. I have to stop him, no matter the cost. We've been tracking another one of Dorum's, uh, lieutenants. It's... It's this being, she's, uh... You can't see her. But she's there. And she just murders and destroys everything for a while we've been getting hunted. I dealt with her kind before. Uh, Kelsar, with this god in your head, though, it's eventually going to win. It's eventually going to take the steering wheel, you know what I'm saying? Then I gotta have to figure out, figure a way to get it out of my head, but... Yes. I have something. It's gonna help. It's gonna help strengthen your mind for now. Okay. And he pulls out of his pocket, there's this little box, and it has on it this symbol of a flame. You recognize this symbol. You've walked around the pocket dimension many times and saw it on the buildings, on doors. It's the general symbol for Yagditha. Mm. I can't open this. The only person who can open this is the person who is the vessel for Yagditha. Inside this, though, is a stone. It's going to float around your head, and it's going to keep that brain of yours intact for a little bit longer. Okay. Don't lose it, because if you lose it, you might lose you. That's the last thing I want to lose. So he hands you this small wooden box. I open the box. So you open this box, and you look down at it, and there's this small cerulean stone. This stone, it's maybe the size of your thumb. And it gives off this soft glow. In this glow, it feels not warm like the white stone did, not kind like the white stone did, but it feels good nonetheless. It feels like it's trying to protect you. And it feels like it's meant for you, honestly. So you just pick that up, toss it up, and it'll float around your head. All right. Oh. And you see it starts circling. And it's, it's like it's orbiting your head. Huh. And it doesn't stop, it doesn't dip, nothing. It's just this perfect orbit around your head. <laughs> so it's going around, and everyone's watching it just flip around your head. And Astoria is sitting concerned at her desk. Kelsar, if this is the case, we need to be careful. Don't pull too hard from that godly energy then, because you might speed up time. I mean, if you have to, if you must, it makes sense and do it. But I guess just like Bordon, be cautious, right? Of course. Thank you. Kelsar, we, we don't have the manpower to escort your friends back, and it seems that they were being hunted. Yeah. The creatures from our dimension, our pocket dimension, they've, I don't know, they caught wind of us somehow. And they're after us. I need, I just need you to get me to the docks. Get me there, 
and I can take care of myself from there. There's a boat waiting for me, and it'll take off. It would be my honor. But these things know our scent, Kalsar, all three of us. So, we gotta move, and we gotta move quick. Alright. Alright, so let's get going. You guys all ready? Let's head out. So, you see the large wolf woman stand up from leaning on the bookshelf, and this bookshelf just, like, heaves. There was a lot of weight being put on there. And then she holds out her hands, and you see these two strange objects form in them. And they're probably about the size of your forearm. And they just, like, sort of crystallize and appear into her hands as these weapons. And you see her eyes glow a little bit. Let's move. All right, let's go. Best of luck. And when you're done, come right back here. We'll be able to try to get you to your friends. Thank you. So you guys start heading out. You go through the hallway. You exit out of the main room. You see a lot of people are rushing back and forth. They have papers in hand. People are discussing things quickly, saying, no, if the caravan's coming here, then we have to meet there. And like they're just quickly running around. You guys step outside, and you see the two luminous guards are standing there. Pure white energy, weapons at their side, and they stare and nod. Greetings, Kelsar. Greetings. Will you be heading out? Yes, we need to get to the docks as soon as we can. Best of luck. Thank you. I'll return shortly. Of course. So you guys start heading out, and Kelsar, you're aware of the city a bit. Like, you're starting to get used to it, you know? Mm-hmm. You're starting to get used to what streets you have to run down to get to where. Uh, these past few days of just hectic running around have actually done you a bit of good. You start heading down that same path that you came back when you were walking around in the rainy streets. And you see every so often, there are people that are looking at you. And you'll see some of them are cultists, they have the amulet around them, and when they see you, they smile. Just this empty smile. And there's other people that are staring because there's a giant man, there's a tiefling wearing this special armor, and there's a large wolf woman running down the street. People are giving you a bit of wide berth, but I want you to make me a perception check. 18. 18? Okay. So you look, and looking over... You see this person. They were just bagging some groceries. They're putting them into this paper bag, some turnips and other root vegetables. You see them look up. And one moment, it's this older man's face. He has this short beard and cropped hair. And then you see this flash, this glitch that's happening. What the? And suddenly, their face is melted. There's these large insectoid-like pincers coming out of their cheekbones, clasping at the front. Their hands are actually claws, and their arms are extended, and they actually have four legs. And they say, Kelthar. I draw my sword. And just as you draw your sword, Diana quickly moves her hands. She pulls out these two crystalline-looking items that are clearly pistols, but you don't know. And she pulls the triggers, and these two blasts of energy come firing out. They catch this creature square in the chest as these blasting bits come flying off it, raining into the crowd. You see people just start screaming and running, and I need initiative. 16. All right, so we start off with Kelsar. So Kelsar, this creature has these two holes in its chest. 
and it looks infuriated, and it's clasping these pincers on its face. I'm going to attack. Okay. It's your regular, everyday attack. Oh, that's a change. 16. 16, that is a hit. Cool. Five. So you go and you slash this creature, and this Ah! blood just flows out of it, but it's like a greenish blood. You're used to this strange ichor that normally comes out of these creatures. It's as a black or a yellow, but this is green. Oh, no. And I messed up initiative, and then we go to... Diurna. You see Diurna. She's looking at these creatures, and she sort of narrows her eyes. She says, <laughs> I didn't think I'd see them again, but these are creatures from my world. And then she pulls the triggers on her two pistols once more. Can I raise my shield at the same time she's doing that so that I can protect myself from that green shit? Sure. As you raise your shield, Kelsar, these two blasts just fire right past you and just splatter into the creature, and you just hold your shield up in time to catch all this gunk on it. You hear this monster just hiss at both of you. You thought you could get away. You thought the vessel would be safe. The vessel shall never be safe. And it quickly darts to the side of Kelsar and tries to swipe at him. Kelsar, what's your AC? 23. Jesus Christ, never mind. (laughs) All right, so this thing goes and it dodges to the side of you thinking that it has the advantage with speed. And it brings both claws in and you catch one of the claws with your shield and another you bash away at the wrist with your sword. (laughs) Nice try, you booger bleeding fuck. Then we go from the monster to Dan. So Dan, not to be outdone, quickly rushes forward to try to flank this creature with you. You see he runs in there with this longsword and he just shouts out, Foyagditha! And this bluish flame that you're used to seeing on your sword actually bursts out around his, and he slashes into this creature twice through its back. And you see, as he does this, the first slash, you hear this sizzle and pop as he goes right into this creature. And the second slash, he brings it once more through the exact same spot and cuts this thing in half. And it wheels as it falls down to the ground, and it flails for a little, and then just stops. Well, Dan, it looks like you really cut him down in size. Wait, that sucked. <laughs> no, no, it was good. It's fine. It was the heat of the moment. Let's run. Where there's one, there's always many more of these things, and it probably infected a number of the townsfolk. We must move. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> so you three just start running down this street, barreling forward, and I need you to make me an athletics check. Fifteen. All right, so... You see, like, you're running. You think you're doing pretty good. You know, it was better than when you were in the woods and you guys were all, like, dying of being out of breath. And Dan's keeping pace with you and it's going good. And this woman just starts striding beside you guys and then starts leading the pack. She is just making ground while you guys are just barely keeping up with her. Well, she's half full. So as you guys are running through, you see a lot of people are just moving out of your way. You guys have this green gunk splattered on you, and you're quickly pushing people out of the way. There's crowds. Can I, like, while I'm running, like, get rid of the green gunk on my face? I figured that would just be important. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, like, kind of stuck. It's like if you got a bunch of mud splattered on you and you wipe it off your face, you're still going to have some, you know? Okay. So then you guys are going, and this stuff smells rancid. Not like Matthews, but kind of like... Like rotting meat, whereas Matthew smells like rotting vegetation. Oh, yeah, easily pull over. 
you guys are rushing through and you're pushing people out of the way. There's like, you know, the classic old woman pushing her melon cart and you shove it. And you're just getting there. As I hate melons! <laughs> My melons! And you are running as fast as you can. And while you're going through, you start seeing more and more of these faces. You start seeing more and more of these pincers clinking. And you're not sure what's a human and what's one of these things. As these crowds start getting denser as you get closer to the docks, the open market is starting. It's early morning still. People are still rushing down there to see what fresh foods have been brought into Sanctuary. And you're seeing these creatures are moving through the crowds towards you, and you're starting to all get slowed down to like a slow walk as you're trying to get through. Damn it, can I just have one day where this kind of shit doesn't happen? I haven't had one yet. Let's keep going. <laughs> you guys are moving through, and you start hearing people scream as these creatures are getting frustrated, and they just start cutting people. You see civilians just getting cut down as you hear the sound of guard whistles far in the distance. Is there anything you do? Is there any way I could, like, help, help the villagers, or...? Yeah, you could. Why don't you go ahead and make me a perception check? Well, I rolled a one, so, you know, I ain't seeing shit. So, whereas Kelsar doesn't see anything, Kelsar, you are looking back and forth, you're panicking, right? Innocents are getting hurt because of you again. So, your mind is racing, it's flooding. You see Dan still trying to push people over the going, Come on! This is all because of me. This giant wolf woman, she's got a head above other people, right? So, when she's looking around, she takes a quick glance, and then she quickly looks back at you two. It looks like there's about ten of them. Coming our way, they're cutting through the villagers. We need to move now. Quickly. They wanted me this whole time. I did this. Damn it, Kelsar. If we lose, if you die, then all these people are dead anyways. Get out of my way! You see, pushes another person. Damn it! Alright, let's go. So you guys start just trying to push out of the way. Why don't you go ahead and make me an athletics check to try to get through these people. I got 15 again. Alright. So, you guys are actually doing a good job. Now that the crowd's panicking, it's starting to open gaps. You're managing to worm your way through here, pushing people, and the creatures behind you are screaming and shrieking, but they're actually creating more trouble for themselves starting this stampede, because people aren't wanting to run towards the docks, they're wanting to run towards the different guards' houses, and they're all coincidentally in that direction. So, you guys are starting to make some distance, and you're running. And you see the buildings are starting to get a little closer together, and Kelsar, you're recognizing that you're starting to actually get closer to the maze. In all this panic and confusion, you took a wrong turn. You led everyone into the more dense area of Sanctuary. You can still get to the docks from the maze, but, like the name suggests, it's a difficult place to navigate. I hate mazes. What the hell's with all these buildings? They're so close together! I-I don't know. I... God damn it. We have to get, we have to, get to the docks soon. I, I can't remember right now. I can't think right now. You guys are panicking. You're looking around, and there are more of these creatures behind it. Before, it was about 10 that you saw in the crowd. Now you're seeing about 15, and they are racing towards all of you. As these creatures are coming, and more seem to be gathering towards them, it's like this swarm is heading your way. Suddenly... Diana just lifts her head up and she starts looking around, left, right, forward, and just strides forward with pure confidence. Kelsar, it's almost like she's from here. 
she's weaving you all throughout this city while you hear these creatures screech and scream behind you. You hear people shrieking and running. You're running past a few areas. You still see, while you're running, actually a roped off area where these guards are looking over some things and uh, they're down near where Lance died. You see that the whole building's been basically condemned as there are a few people with magic robes that are walking in there, clearly wizards, going in to investigate something. Should I tell them about like the monsters that are fucking shit up? You could. What do you do? I go and yell at them saying, like, there's, there's monsters back in the center of the city. They're killing and terrorizing the town. You see a few of the guards, there's about four of them walk up and two more wizards behind them. What's this tiefling about monsters? And then you hear the shrieks. They're monsters down in the center of the city. You need reinforcements right away. There's about 15 of them, at least. My god, this city's getting worse. You see them pull out swords and the wizards brandish these staffs and they start running towards the direction of the monsters. Well, that might have just actually bought us some time. Let's keep going. You guys start racing again and you pass that area. You see there's chalk outline of where Lance had landed and hit the ground. And you keep moving on from there. You recognize a few things from when you, board on an MZ, were walking through the maze that rainy night. You see more and more people are rushing into their homes and slamming the door. The streets are starting to get empty. And that's strange for the maze, because the maze is usually quite crowded. Mm-hmm. And while you're running, you're starting to get more of that smell of salt in the air, the smell of the ocean. And you're starting to hear the waves in the far distance. We're getting close. Come on, just... A little bit more. Uh, uh, keep going. We can't, can't slow down now. We have to keep going. Uh, uh, God, I got a stitch in my side. This sucks. Uh, burning is the worst, I know. <laughs> you ever remember that adventure where you sat the whole time? Uh, I just, uh, I just skipped leg day. <laughs> so, while you guys are running and you're dying down the streets... You manage to come around a bend, and you can see now in the distance the mass of ships sailing up into the air. You can see just over a few buildings, and it probably looks like another five or ten minutes that you gotta run. You start running towards these, and you can hear these hisses now. It's almost like they're coming from all over. You hear them from the left, you can hear them from the right of you down an alley. You can hear it coming from a house with a window open. Just as you're about to get closer to the docks, suddenly these windows shatter, and these creatures rain down from the second floor of this building. It's like a wave of them. You just see five of them fall into the ground. Some of them just splat hard onto the ground, and they get up with a broken leg. Some of them just hit the ground with their face, and they get up, and this greenish blood is coming down. You cannot run. I need initiative. I don't need to run. I'll cut right through you. Nine. So first up is Diurna. You see she holds out her hands and these two pistols just dematerialize, just shatter away into nothingness. And she looks over at one of these creatures and holding her hands in this sort of awkward position as if she's holding something large, this massive cannon just forms. And this little smirk comes to the corner of her lips as she just fires this blast. And it fires out and it clips this creature. You won't win. You couldn't hide in the dimension. You can't hide here. I don't need to hide. I'm a lot stronger than I was before. 
and it goes to Dan. So then Dan goes and charges up, and he goes, ah! And you see him swing his sword once more. He hits with one of them, but you see the second attack, there was just too much of this gunk on the ground, and he slips a bit with his foot, but catches himself. And his blade goes, and it slashes into one of these creatures. It doesn't seem to do a hell of a lot of damage, but he still does a number to it. And then it goes from Dan to Kelsar. I'm gonna run up closer to the uh, to the group of enemies, and I'm going to cast uh, Silver Shield Protection on myself. It's that ability that gives me a plus two to AC. Oh, nice. It's because since they they want to kill me, that's logical. By the light of the Agdita, protect me! So you rush forward and you shout this and hold out your hands, and suddenly this silver shield forms out of flame in front of you. And you see this bluish flame coats the outside of it as it just seems to point towards the enemies moving to help aid you. And these creatures all hiss and they rush forward. You see two of them go to Dan, two of them go to you, Kelsar, and then one of them goes to. And I'm just gonna roll to hit. So, Kelsar, what's your AC now? 25. God, I don't think they're gonna hit you at all. <laughs> Have fun! Alright, so there are just four swings, just clang, 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 as they're just trying to get at you, but this shield is catching some of the blows, you're catching the other ones, and your armor is just too strong for these creatures to get through. Ultra instinct, baby. Dan is not so lucky. These creatures go and they start attacking, and Dan raises up his shield and his sword. He manages to block two of the hits, but then two more get through, and you see this red blood start to flow. He takes 22 points of damage. Oh shit. So you hear him shout out in pain as these creatures just rend his side to ribbons. Dan! And then it goes from these- oh, and there's one last one that's going to attack Dierna. And it gets a critical hit. You see it just go run right up to her and it just rends down along the side and this blood quickly comes out and pools at her feet as she roars out in pain. And then it goes from them to Dierna. You see she focuses and closes her eyes for a moment. I guess you can't really see that behind her sunglasses. But this crystalline armor just forms over her and then she looks up. You see as she brings up her cannon once more to this creature in front of her, and she blasts it, and it just managed to get out of the way so that it gets a pretty bad graze, but it's still up. And then she takes her weapon by the, I guess by the muzzle of it, and she just shatters it across this creature's head, and you hear this snap, as its neck just snaps quickly to the side, and it just collapses onto the ground. And then it goes from you to Dan. So Dan's facing two of these and he's bleeding pretty heavily. You see he puts his hand on himself and this glow happens. And then he goes to attack these creatures. He goes and he cuts down one of them in front of him. And now you see there's only one left in front of Dan. And there's two left in front of you, Kelsar. And Kelsar, it is your turn. I am going to use Lay on Hands on Dan, which uh, heals for level times five. He's a bit of ways away from you, so to get there, you get an attack of opportunities on you. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. All right, so these creatures just swing harmlessly and they clang on you as you just march towards Dan with a purpose. And so how much do you heal Dan for? That's my level times five, so it would be 20. So you put your hand on him and you watch as his wound heals up instantly and he's right back at it, full fighting strength. 
Gotta be more careful there, Dad. Oh, we have to be careful. Our friend in the back, she's wounded too. And he just brings up his shield in time to stop another claw. And then it goes from you, Kelsar, to the monster's turn. The two monsters that were on you, Kelsar, hiss. You think your god's protection will save you? You think you'll be able to live in the realms? You, that golden dwarf, the gift Yankee, and that foolish half-elf, you will all fail. Never. I will never give up. Okay, so one of them rushes up to you. It swings. You bring your shield up. You blast this set to the side. But its other claw is coming up just in time. And you take 10 points of damage as this claw rakes into you. Damn it. So this creature runs up behind. And it looks like it's going to help its friend. And then it slips on the gunk. And it just rakes its claw down its friend's back. And it shrieks, you fool. And you see it is now bleeding heavily from this wound on its back. And the last one goes to attack Dan. And he takes another 20 points of damage. Jesus Christ, Dan. Oh my. These creatures. Why can't I seem to bring up my shield in time? Damn it, Dan, dodge! I do the duck and the dip, but I just always forget that dodge one. Dodge! And then it goes from those creatures to... Diurna. Okay, so you see she holds out her hands once more, and two pistols materialize into them. She takes a quick glance at the two around you, and then the one at Dan, and she points at the one at Dan and fires... One of the shots go wide, but the other one managed to get past it and clip the creature. That infernal weaponry. We will get you, wolf. You think because you slipped away from the dimension that you can run away again? Your council cannot protect you here. Shut up. It's my turn. (laughs) It's Dan's turn. Oh. Dan, tell him to shut up. (laughs) What he said. And he goes and swings at the one in front of him. Oh, yeah. Don't fuck it up, Dan. You know what? I'd, I'd try, okay? Jeez. Oh, man. Keep slipping into that water deep accent. To be fair, Dan's been there for a bit. All right, so Dan goes, and he starts slashing, and he cuts pretty deep into this one in front of him, but it's still up and standing, and it's hissing at him. And then it goes from Dan to Kelsar. So, Kelsar, you have two at you. One's heavily damaged, and one is looking relatively okay. I have that ability that gives me the, the fire damage, right? That I that power? Yeah, it's a bonus action to summon it onto your blade. I'm gonna use that. I can't remember what the damage modifier was. It was plus two D6 of fire damage, I believe. If not, well, that's my fault and I'm giving you two D6 right now. Fire coat cuts around me, but uh, the idea gets comes out a little bit. So your eyes light up and these flames crackle out of them. Demons. I'm usually a merciful god, but you've been sentenced to death. Your time is done, Yegditha. Burn in righteous fire. And I roll the head. Awesome. And of course, I'm fucking mess. So you go and, or at least Yegditha does. But Yegditha's not used to your body yet. It's the first time that it's really taken control, and there's just too much power in this swing. And Kelsar, you feel it. There's this energy building through you. Your muscles are all straining at this just energy passing through every part of you. And you swing this sword, and you swear if this sword had hit a building that you would have made this giant hole in it. But this creature managed to just duck out of the way. And then it goes from Kelsar to there go. 
I shall be the one. I shall be the one that ends Yagdita. Come and try, demon scum. So as it's saying this, it's like, I will be the one. Today is my day. Finally, my time in the sea. <laughs> and the other one just goes to swing, but slips again and just cuts its head right off. <laughs> it goes, oh god, I'm so sorry. Oh. Oh. Oh no. Oh, and is... just like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> This creature just looks so embarrassed, like, oh wow, this is... No, no, Yagdita just fa face palms like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. This is what's trying to kill me. And Dan's like, how come you got all the easy ones? <laughs> and the one goes to attack Dan, and it hits with one of its attacks. And you see he's once more heavily wounded. He's been hit quite a bit this battle. And remember, Kelsar that with your abilities, I told you before a couple sessions ago that you can push your abilities if you want to make a caster check to do something. Something related to fire. So if you want to, like, you know, cauterize wounds, or if you even think that maybe Yegdith would have a healing flame, something like that, if you want to push your abilities, you have the chance to do that by rolling the d20 and adding your caster modifier. I do have cure wounds I can use. Okay. Thank you. I will keep that in mind. Then we go from the creatures to Dierna. So you see she has her two pistols out, but she's still bleeding pretty heavily from that hard hit. And she's trying to focus on the one that's right near Dan, but he's ducking and weaving around this creature. She fires and slips a little bit in the pool of her blood. One of the shots goes wide, and the other one just managed to shoot out and graze the creature. And then we go from her go to Dan. So Dan's gonna try to finish this thing off in front of him. Just die! And you see one of his attacks actually gets through and he just cuts the head off this thing and it hisses and falls to the ground. Now there's just this one awkward, embarrassed one left. And it goes to you, Yegbitha. I stir it down and I finish it off. Be perched in fire. 19. 19 is a hit. 15 damage. Damn, so you do a solid hit to this thing. It's still standing, though. You bring your blade through, and now you actually feel the strain in your body. You feel that Kelsar isn't quite ready. And then it goes from your go to the last thing's turn. So this creature, it looks around at all three of you and takes its two hands and it shoves them into itself, and it makes this strange shriek that just seems to like echo and reverberate through you. You see these spines grow out of it, and it just explodes. I need you to make dexterity saving throw. 14. And Dan got a natural 20, strangely. So this blast goes through. Oh, you only take two points of damage as this shard hits into you. And Kelsar, you manage to bring up your shield in time where they ricochet off. And these shards just slam into the buildings around, into the ground. You see it pierce a seagull that was flying throughout the air, and it just spirals downward. And then I gain, I regain control of my body. <sighs> oh, what was that? The flames leave your eyes once more. Oh. oh, God, this is not good. You gotta be careful with that, Kelsar. I don't know if your body's ready for that kind of thing yet. Is everyone okay? No, she's pretty banged up. How are you doing over there? Uh, I, I gotta get to her. Are, are you gonna be okay, Dad? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Get into the boat now. 
We're still a bit of ways away. I'm gonna wait for you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go uh, cure wounds on uh, on uh, on her. Yeah. Seven. Seven. So you put your hand on her arm, and you see this healing energy pass from you to her, sealing up a number of her wounds. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, you're you're welcome. Are you okay? Just take it easy. We gotta keep going. So you guys start running again, and this time it's slower. You're tired, you've been fighting, you've been running for a while now. Your bodies are all strained. Kelsar, you didn't take any hits, but when Yagditha took over, it's like you've had a full body workout. Every muscle in your body was strained. Oh, God. So you're running, and now you see the boats are in view, and you're getting there, and Dan seems to have this renewed hope, this renewed vigor as he's running towards the boat. We're almost there. We're almost there. Here you go. You make it to the boat, and you see that this boat is covered in these symbols. These symbols uh, your order uses quite often. It's kind of like a symbol of protection that you would use in a safe house. And you see Dan just dives onto this boat and rolls. It's a small boat, one that a single person could operate. And you see he's just out of breath sitting on it. Get on, get on, get on here. We'll, Let's go. I'll take you to the, to the side of the city, and then you can you can get off. Okay. Dan? Yeah? It's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Sorry that I uh, I tried to choke you out back in the, the dimension. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't myself. It, it, you know what? In this crazy world we're in now, it's there's no point in holding on to grudges. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So the three of you get onto this boat, and it starts moving. And it seems like it's actually magically operated. Like, Dan's not moving anything, the sail just seems to move itself, and it starts going, and he just puts a hand just on the mast. And these creatures all go, and you see there's at least 20 of them, and they're all swarming into the docks, and they're shrieking at the shoreline as you start moving. Some of them look like they want to start going towards the water. One of them falls in and you actually see this steam erupt from the water and this thing is like trying to get out as it's melting and just forms away. And the other 19 are shrieking and throwing things trying to hit the boat. But you guys are too far away now. Oh. Well, that was crazy. No kidding. It seems like everyone around me just dies. I'm bad luck. Kelsar. Everyone around the Order dies. It's what happens. We go to dangerous places and dangerous things happen. And we just have to make the best of it. I guess we have to. Now listen, I don't know what you and your, uh, your companions or this new organization or what, what you're up to, but there's not a lot of us left, but those of us that are left, we will support you. We got your back. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Of course. Chenille, me, Borden, we're hunting after this other thing. And we're gonna we're gonna try to fight it. It's one of Dorm's lieutenants, and it's if we don't stop it, it's gonna kill so many people. But stopping this thing is gonna it's gonna put a damper in her plans because I think it's some sort of assassin for her. So at least we're keeping it busy so that it's not hunting after you guys. No kidding. Have you seen anything else out there? Anything else big and bad? Oh, I told did I tell you how I ran to Matthews again? Yeah, what happened with that? It didn't go well. Let's just go with that. I was just blinded by rage by seeing him. I wanted him to pay for all the suffering he caused, but... In the end, I failed. So many people died because of it. Kelsar, 
bad things are going to keep coming after you. You're, you're kind of a magnet for these things now because you're meant to do big things and they're scared of that. I'm guessing the four of you or whoever else you're tangled up with are all meant to do these things and they're going to keep sending things after you. I want Matthews to be afraid of me because one day I'm going to get strong enough and I'm going to tear his heart out just like he did to mine. I really hope you do. I don't know if that thing can be afraid though, but God, I hope it suffers. He will feel fear for the first time in his miserable existence. So as you guys sail on, he brings you to the edge of the cliffs. Not the cliffs, I'm sorry. He brings you to a beach. And you're probably about 10, 15 minutes away from a walk to Sanctuary's walls. I think you'll just have to walk around to get back to Sanctuary. Well, I think for now those creatures don't know where you are, but she said that she's here actually to look after you. Wherever you go, I shall always be there to help defend you, Kelsar. Do not feel as though you're imposing by calling upon me. Thank you. One of the best shooters that we had. She's from a strange world, but I'm sure she'll be a valuable ally. She sure will be. Thank you, Dan. Of course. And come back safe. Oh, and one other thing, Kelsar. Yeah? There's a half-elf that's wandering around with you? Yeah? What about him? What did he do? It's not what he did, it's what he can do. Don't let him touch that stone. Oh... Yeah. No, I... I will be sure to smack him good and hard if he tries to. We were talking to a seer in Waterdeep. She was giving us a lot of, you know, just strange, weird, cryptic things, but... She said specifically, a half-elf with a pompadour, if he were to touch this stone, his, uh chaos, uh, whatever that is, around him, would cause that stone to erupt. So, save yourself the trouble. Alright, I'm gonna keep my, I'm gonna make sure I keep my distance from Ronnie for the rest of this adventure. I mean... I mean, as long as he doesn't grab it out of the air, I mean, it will blow off his arm, but hey. You know what? I'd like to think that he isn't stupid enough to try that, but I'm not gonna hold my breath. I worry for you guys. I do too. Hey, Dad, can I come with you? I feel like I'll be safer with you. <laughs> I think you guys got something else that's going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, oh. hey, you go, you get back there, you figure out what's happening, but you let that, uh, that Borodon know that his dad's alright, he's helping us out, and that old bastard, he's not going down without a fight. If he's anything like Borodon, then he's gonna be as stubborn as he is. Oh, he's stubborn. I'll make sure he knows. You two take care. You too, Dan. So as Dan sails off, and this little boat is actually starts picking up some decent speed, and you see he just sort of lays back down in the boat, and he's wiped out. You guys start walking towards the gates of Sanctuary, battered and beaten. You hear the gulls in the distance and the waves lapping up on the shore. Much further are we? And as you are walking for a while, you finally make it to the gates. And you see there are a number of armed guards there. They seem to be on the lookout. And you see that there is one person there that you didn't expect to see. You see Noir is actually sitting there with the guards. Noir? Noir, what happened? Hey, hey! Uh, well, those things, they all ran. I don't know what they were doing, but they were fast. Uh, they all came down from the docks. Yeah. 
They were after me. Oh, well they left the city. Why would they leave the city if they were coming after me? I don't know. Anyways, how how bad is the damage? There's a lot of dead, but it could have been worse. Thankfully the guard were notified pretty quick and they managed to fend them off for the most part. But let's get you back to headquarters. Both of you. Alright, I guess some good news for once. Yeah. Hey there, travelers. Uh, Wingover is just talking to the authorities about uh, innocent Timothy there. Is that the whole mix-up? They uh, they found this murderous Anthony's body. Man, it's getting weird. I don't know. It, I hope they start sending over a few better interns, but I, I know it's tough when you're running a big Battle Bards college. So, um, let's see. Here's some notes he left me. Oh, wasn't that crazy, travelers? You know, screw, I'm just gonna do this myself. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy tale. I mean, I didn't think all those crazy weird monsters were gonna start coming out of the populace. I do actually remember that day that happened. I was just tossing some stuff out in the back and then I look over and this giant wolf woman comes running right by and I was just, damn, I was just surprised. Surprised all hell. But, uh, travelers, there's gonna be a little tale for you at the end of this, uh, a little promo from the four orbs. Stick around and check it out. I'd recommend that podcast pretty highly. I enjoy it myself. Don't forget to hop on over there to that iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. Just just toss us a quick review. We'd really appreciate it and it helps us get the word out to all them other travelers around there to float on into our inn. Ha! <laughs> little wordplay there. Well, I guess uh, without further ado... No, wait, shit. Uh, I bid you adieu, travelers. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, listeners. My name is Dave Cole, and I'm the dungeon master and host of a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called... Ah, wait, Dave. Say no more. They'll be enchanted by one of my songs, and then they'll be hooked. No, they want to hear about how we slay great beasts. No, they want to hear about magic and sorcery and spellcasting. They will listen for the story, the rich history, the lore, or we can just roll the dice and let fate decide. You're right. If you haven't listened to The Four Orbs yet, find us at www.fourorbs.org or whatever podcast app you use. 